This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. time each day recognizing when your thoughts turn negative. Take time to switch those thoughts into positive ones. More than 100 colorful pages offer dozens of engaging prompts to help tweens and teens explore ways to maintain a positive outlook on life. With lots of space to make lists, add pictures, and express their thoughts and feelings, kids can identify positive things about themselves and others while journaling on a variety of fun and meaningful topics. Valeria Tellis interviews Christine Boucher, the author of Express Yourself, Joyful Journaling for Kids. Christine is a yoga instructor, wife, mother to three kids, and animal lover who lives in Bedford, New Hampshire. Christine has studied yoga and mindfulness for many years. Her writing reflects her belief that each time we take a step towards gratitude, joy, and happiness, that these feelings ripple throughout our world. We can build a happier world, one joyful feeling at a time. Meet Christine at christineboucher.com. Here's the interview with Christine Boucher. In your own words, who is Christine Boucher? (laughs) I am a mother, a wife, a writer, an accountant, and um, I'm a yoga practitioner. I wear many hats and I'm a seeker. Um, I'm a seeker. What are you seeking? Well, I, I started really searching for truth and spirituality when I was about 25. I, um, I'm 48 now, and um, I was raised in a very strict Christian household, which was fine, but there were some things that didn't sit well with me. And I was questioning the fear that was instilled in me and questioning just some deeper thoughts about, about people and about different ways and about different lives and different styles. And I wanted to look for myself and find the truth for, for what I felt was truth because it, some of the things just didn't sit right with me, but that's where it started. And then I learned so much along the way on how, gratitude, a gratitude practice really changed my life. And I just started reading and researching and learning. And it's just been an incredible process. 
Would you say that that was being filtered through your intuition? You had, your intuition was saying something else? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like it, it just felt wrong. There were some, just certain things. There's a lot of such beautiful goodness in Christianity and in the Bible. And there's, there's wonderful, wonderful things, but there's also a lot of fear put in place and judgment. I feel on other people, which is not really my place to judge. And so I knew young that certain things were not, that did not sit well with me and I did not accept those things, but I wanted to learn for myself and, and I wanted, I did things like I researched the entire Bible, not only, you know, other works, but, but the Bible itself, because I wanted to know for me. So those were some of the starting places that I started when I was younger, but you know, it's morphed so much since then. So what do you love most about being a mother? And also what are the challenges that come with it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love being a mother because honestly, my kids have been my biggest teachers. And that's actually like at the beginning of my book and my dedication, I wrote to my kids my they're my greatest teachers so they've taught me so much about how like how life is and i've watched them grow and i've learned i've learned how to you know from mistakes of being a mom and and by the things that i've done right by being a mom both it's quite a journey it's nothing that I don't think anybody can prepare you for, you know, you, you're like, you think it's going to be one way and it's completely, completely different, but it is quite a journey and there's a lot of joy in it. Yeah. The hard part about being a parent is you have to let go and sometimes let your kids work through really difficult situations on their own because that's how they learn. And so you can be there for them. You can be that supporting background. But sometimes you have to watch them hurt. And that's not easy to do. And you have to step back and allow it. You know what I mean? It was safely. I mean, it's not the big, you know, obviously, if if it's very tragic, you're getting, you know, are very intense, you have to get involved, but there's some things you have to let them learn wow. on their own. It, that must be a challenge, right? To, it's hard, yeah. To allow them to learn yeah, what they need to learn on their own. Right? And knowing that they're hurting, you know what I mean? Like you want to swoop in there and fix it all and, and you can't. I love the way you called them your teachers, (laughs) my greatest teachers. (laughs) They Uh, are. I can imagine, yeah, that being very much true. (laughs) So joy, we use that word a lot. I use that word a lot, and I love using it, and not just the word, but what it represents. So my question to you is, what is joy to you, and how is it different from happiness, if it is, from your perspective? From my perspective, joy is one of those um, deep feelings that can burst out of your chest. Do you know what I mean? Like it is just an emotion that Mm -hmm. just fills you up. 
happiness to me is a state of being like you can be happy in just a very monotoned way of life, just walking down the street or, um, you know, talking to a friend and joy is laughter and this deep emotion inside of your heart that just feels like it's going to burst in my opinion. What are some of the greatest misconceptions about happiness and joy? I think the biggest misconception about happiness is that I think people feel like they're, they need to be happy all of the time. And that's just not reality. You know what I mean? You can have that underlying happiness, but there are going to be times when you're not feeling happy and you have to be okay with those emotions too. Those emotions are pointing you in a direction that you need to work on, in my opinion. So when you're feeling sad, I don't think you can push down that sadness until you acknowledge why you're sad. And that leads you to feeling happy again, because once you deal with that emotion and deal with what's causing that sadness, then you can move forward and be happy. My other warm-up question is about the purpose of life. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? In my opinion, the purpose of the human experience is to learn. It's to grow. And every instance in your life is a way to elevate yourself and elevate your soul. So I feel I feel like the journey of being human is working through the really hard stuff, working through the really great stuff, but they're all lessons. Do you believe in life after life? I do. I believe we just keep on going. That's <laughs> just me. But I think that we shed this shell and we move on and we learn in a different shell. Yeah, and, I love the way yeah, you say that. <laughs> like, I was like, I, that's how I, I, I feel that that's true. I have no proof of that, but that's just my feelings. What is freedom to you and what is to be free? Yeah, I I think being free and freedom is having the ability to think for yourself, to express your own emotions and to truly be who you are, letting go of what other people's expectations are of you. When you're trying to live your life based on what other people expect of you instead of what you want, you're, you're locked in a cage. So to me, freedom is following your dreams, following your goals. And yes, there's the reality of I have to pay the bills too. You know what I mean? I have to take care of my children and I have to, I mean, I don't have to be a wife. I choose to do that. Um, And I'm happy to do that. But with that comes some things that are just, you know, basic obligations. But if you're living your life based on what everybody is expecting of you instead of what you feel is right for you, then you've lost that freedom. Mm. So it's truly being your authentic self. I know everybody uses that term, but it is such a true statement of being yourself and being free. How do we know when we are there being authentic 
And with that in mind, also, how do we balance being authentic in a sense of being ourselves and also connecting with others? Yes, that's a good question. Um, I think authentic is is just being real. Um, and I think you have to balance that with, like, if somebody comes to you and says something and you don't really agree with what they're saying. You don't have to have an argument with them about that. So maybe you're not jumping in and saying, no, I feel like that's wrong or, and maybe that authentically is true to you, but it's also knowing when you can just pause and not say anything. Um, in a sense, you don't have to argue and force your way or, force that on anybody else. Mm. You just have to know where you stand personally, right? You know, out in the world. And and we're seeing that so much in politics, like people believe different things. And, and instead of fighting everybody on, no, I think this, and I think that, and people just butting heads, it's, it's listening to somebody else and their opinion and, and kind of breathing through it and saying, why do they think that? And and listening to, you know. When it comes to forcing, then that's when we know we are not being in that place of authenticity because we are that's trying correct. to, yeah, trying to change others or the opinion of others in a way that cannot happen. <laughs> forcing <Right>. never happens. <laughs> it never works, right? We know, yeah, trying mm-hmm. to change others. That's another question I ask about balancing this, not trying to change others, but at the same time doing something that can help others to grow. Wow, it takes wisdom, doesn't it, Christine, to do that? It really does. And I think people have to be ready for that. So um, even for my own kids, I know that, do I think a meditation practice would help my 17-year-old and 19-year-old? Yes, I do. Have I tried to teach them these things throughout their whole lives? Yes, I have. Do they do those things? Mm-hmm. No, they don't right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. But, but the window is open and they know it's there. And I know that someday when they need that tool, they'll use it. I think it's a two-way street. They have to be ready for for that change or that knowledge. And and that will ha- I know it will happen or maybe it won't. You know what I mean? Right. Like my husband it's it's not for him and but he is very happy great guy. Do you know what I mean? Like so it's like that he doesn't need that, but some people do. And um and I feel like when they're ready, they're they it will be open to them what it takes for us to be ready to learn certain things and to grow. Does always take suffering from your perspective? I think it, I think suffering and sadness and the, you know, the things that happen to us that are not great. Mm -hmm. I think they open the doors to move forward. And, you know, it's like you always hear (laughs) you hit rock bottom and there's no place to go, but, uh, so I do think that sometimes, and sometimes it's too much and, and you need help, but sometimes those terrible life experiences that do happen can open up doors. You wrote the book, Express Yourself, Joyful 
journaling for kids and teens, right? And that's not the title of the book, but you included teens too. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing this book? Okay, I became a writer, honestly, I mean, officially when this book was published, but I've always written and I've always wanted to be a writer. Um, It wasn't practical to my family for me to go to school and get a degree in writing, which is what I wanted to do, creative writing. So I became an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) I had to pay, you know, it's like I, you know, chose business and it was practical. And I did that for a long time. But I've been working, I had worked on this book, I thought about it. When my kids were little, I, like I said earlier, is I had started a gratitude practice when I was about 26. I had heard of, you know, writing five things down every day that you're grateful for. And in time, it really changed the way I looked at the world. Like I started seeing more and more things to be grateful for. And it made me feel better. Just every day I felt better. And I really thought it was an important practice. So I wanted to teach my own children this at a much younger age. I'm like, wouldn't it be great if they knew how to do this? Not at 26, but at, you know, five and six. Um, but, and I bought them cool notebooks and colorful pens. And I was like, just write down a few things that make you feel happy. (laughs) And it was like homework to them. They were so bored and they were like (laughs) looking around and they're like, I'm grateful for my desk and my pen and air. And I was like, Oh my God, they don't get it. Right. So I, you know, I scrapped that, that scrapped that idea. And I looked (laughs) for for things like other books and journals to kind of help them. And a lot of the journals, they're beautiful and colorful, but they are blank. They're, I I am happy and grateful for blank. And some, I was talking to a teacher and she was like, keep your kids writing all summer. And I was like, oh no, how am I (laughs) going to do that? And I thought of this idea of having prompts for them of, you know, about what to write about. And then I'm like, oh, that's the combination. That's my gratitude. Instead of just expecting them to kind of know, if you prompt them on different ideas, they can pick and choose the things that make them feel happy and they can write just one word. It was like, I I called it joyful jots. Just write down a little jot about why this makes makes you happy. And then the book morphed into dealing with emotions, dealing with sadness, dealing with negativity, basics of law of attraction, goal building, and little vision board projects for them. Because I wanted them to know that sometimes you're just not feeling the gratitude. But when you deal with those emotions, it helps you, it just helps you feel better. And so that's, how the book started and it morphed into this much bigger project than just gratitude. And I was lucky enough to find a publisher who believed in the project and Dover Publishing and they published my book. We talked briefly off record about expressing feelings for boys and girls and how different it is. Talk to me for a moment about that again, Christine, on record this time. (laughs) Well, I have two boys and a girl, and I just, I recognize that the boys are not supposed to 
feel the emotions that they're feeling. Like being sensitive is was not accepted when they were little, once they went out into the world. So it was accepted in our home. But if, you know, if a child, uh, especially a boy cried or reacted in a way that wasn't manly enough, you know, I would receive a lot of criticism, even as a mom, but they would be rejected from their friends when they acted with emotion, because that was not cool, or that was not what a boy was supposed to do. And I mean, I think it happens with girls too, but not to the level and extent that it happens with boys. Wow. And so they're shut down. Do you know what I mean? From those emotions. Did you find a way of teaching them to be okay with those um, outputs, the criticism from the outside? Yeah, it was tough to do that because, first of all, they were just trying to be part of their friend group. Yeah. So it made it hard for them. And and most of the time, once they went to school, starting in preschool and kindergarten, those were times where I, I wasn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to it yeah. was them out in the world. Right. At home, too. You know, it's like at home, they were definitely, we never told them not to cry. And you know what I mean? Like, we never did those things. But it's complicated. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. once they're yeah. out there... There's things you have no control over. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit more about the methods or the method. What do they do with those negative thoughts? Do they try to replace them, get rid of them, or somehow change them? Yeah. So, I mean, negative thoughts, we all talk about it. Don't think negative, think positive. Yeah, yeah. But if you're feeling <laughs> negative, <laughs> Just saying, okay, I'm great at this thing that I'm not, you know, you're not good at, right? You can't just say, I'm great at school when you're not getting the grades or you're not feeling like you're great at school, right? So what I try to do, and this is, you know, a tool that I've learned, it's a common tool out there, but I don't feel like it's being taught that much to children is that you make those small little adjustments with your statements instead of saying, and it's the example that I sent you. It's like, instead of saying, I'm really terrible at math, you say every day I'm getting better at it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like instead of you can't lie to yourself and truly believe, you know, you can't lie and take yourself out of a negative emotion, but you can move up that, you know, emotional scale of just increments of feeling better. So I'm not great at math right now, but every day I'm working at it and I can see I'm getting a little bit better at a time. And it could just be a minor, minor thing, but You're just trying to turn those negative statements into a more positive statement. Doesn't mean I am perfect at math and I'm so wonderful. Nobody's going to buy that and your feelings will never let you really believe that. So, you know what I mean? Like, you you know, when you're lying to yourself, you can say you can say anything positive to yourself, but if it doesn't feel right, it's never going to change. Right. So, So you know, 
yeah, it's like instead of I'm a horrible artist, I'm creative in many different ways. And there's many different ways to create art. And so it's like just teaching that shift from completely negative to starting to move out of that negative role is what I was trying to do with that, that those pages, just little increments. And then after those increments, you can, you can move further up that, you know, into that positive role, but it has to be genuine and it can't be fake. And I love when you say to the pages you sent, this one that you say, spend time each day recognizing when your thoughts turn negative. So this is the work of awareness where right. uh, meditation and mindfulness really works. It's very useful. So talk to me about mindfulness and meditation for kids and teens. Sure. Um, and what I wanted people, people to our kids and teens and tweens, like the beginning of my book, the gratitude prompts is really for younger kids. But the further you get in the book, it could be for anybody. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, even, it's for us, um, even for us, even <laughs> for young at heart. Sure. <laughs> um, but the purpose of mindfulness is just to get in touch with that, how you're actually feeling. And, and then how to move out of those negative feelings and the meditations just help you center yourself. So um, the mindful meditation that is in the book is that Buddhist mindfulness meditation. Some people call it the meta meditation. Um, I made it kid friendly and wanted to explain the, to them how to use that meditation Um because I feel like it's it's a very centering meditation because we're we're actually taught not to even wish good things upon ourselves because sometimes that's being selfish. Mm, um, yeah, so yeah. you know that's why I find that meditation so powerful is because they say no, you think of yourself first, and you you are allowed to wish yourself safety happiness, healthiness, and peacefulness. And then you can wish that on your friends. And while you may not feel like it's okay, you can wish it on your enemies too, because they need it. And when you, when you set that intention towards them, it allows you to release the anger from yourself. And that's what forgiveness is all about. It's mm. not necessarily for the other person. It's for you right. and releasing those negative feelings. So that's the, my purpose of that, putting that in the book. I wanted kids to learn that at a much younger age. And um, I had a really hard time with that meditation when I first started it because I thought it was selfish to wish myself those things. This idea of loving ourselves first, that's so yeah. fundamental. But you're right. So many of us have a hard time saying even that we love ourselves. So I'm wondering why too, Christine. Why is that um, such a challenge for all of us? I, I, well, I was taught you always put yourself last. Oh, yeah. I was taught that. So for me... I wasn't supposed to 
think those things for myself, only for others first and then myself. But when you live like that, you're just running yourself ragged and you're and, and you feel very unhappy. And the reality is, is yes, you deserve absolutely to feel safe and happy and to be healthy and to be to to have your dreams come true. You really have you you have that's what we're doing here in my yeah. opinion yeah. and you want to bring everybody along with you you want your friends to feel that way and you don't want to see harm even to somebody you don't like right. let them be happy and you know it's like and i truly believe when we feel better about ourselves it makes our world a better place i truly believe that and that's the basis of my writing talk to me about the law of attraction and how do kids and teens understand that? Yeah, I, I wanted my this journal to be a introduction to the law of attraction. And so what I incorporated in it was about what they wanted. What do you want? Why do you want it? What would it feel like to get it? And so I wanted them to focus on that and, and how it would feel, because when you feel that the law of attraction doesn't work, if you're just kind of stating facts, it works when you are feeling like you actually have that thing, that goal is already achieved. So I really wanted to incorporate a little bit of the feelings of if they reach their goals. So there's like, I have these goal garden pages and steps they can take to reach their goals. And then I have pages of like something I dream or doing or having is because, and to have my dream come true would, would be like, what would that feel like to you to have that actual dream come true? So once again, it's about, addressing the emotions and feeling it and and having that that sense that it's something you can really do you know it's like there's steps to take it's not just going to come to you with by sitting down and doing nothing but you can you can have it and you can you can achieve it your book is titled express yourself but then when we talk about expressing ourselves you talk about feelings a lot. So right. that makes me think that being humans, that's what being a human is all about. I agree. Feelings and I emotions, agree. right? Yeah, I agree, but wow. we're taught that that's not. Right, yeah. We're taught right? to suppress right. them. Yes. And so the book really does focus on feelings and working through emotions. And it does, you know, I do have those I am statements there for when they're ready, kids are ready for them. Because when you do get on a roll of, of thinking positively and feeling positively about yourselves, you do, it's good. But like you said, you have to believe it first. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and, you know, it's like I talk about what you want in the world, you have to put out there. So if you want love, you have to put out love. If you want friendship, you have to be a good friend. Um, you know, so those are just little things. 
So I have a few more questions for you. Those are the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a quote or a passage in your book? Uh, well, my dedication was to my husband, Dan. Thank you for your unwavering love and support. To my kids and greatest teachers, Jason, Ryan, and Sharon. To Lisa, Suzanne, and Diane for helping me turn my dream into a reality. And to Katie and Whiskers, who sit by my side while I write my dog and my cat. <laughs> Uh, and then it's in the book throughout the whole book there's quotes on every page one or two quotes to kind of hone in the ideas of what the pages are about and um yeah and I'm I'm writing a fictional a young adult fiction book series and once again it's about empowering it that empowerment is weaved throughout the books Yes. So I'm just trying to, I really want young adults, young kids and adults to be able to have that self-empowerment because I feel like we're, you know, our kids are inundated with so much negativity right. yeah. um, from social media or seeing their friends. They see everything their friends are doing without them. So if their friends go to, you know, go get ice cream and didn't ask them, they are seeing it all of the time. And it's being inundated in them and makes them feel bad. So I really, I focus on trying to help kids feel that empowerment inside of them. Yeah. Thank you, Christine. What a beautiful work. Yeah. Um, just um, in, in the fact that you are addressing children and teenagers, that's, I mean, it, it makes it even more amazing. I was, tr I'm trying to do it earlier so that they don't have the hard times that like, I, you know, they still have to work through it. This is not going to go away, but maybe introducing tools that can help them, yeah. you know, throughout, throughout that time. That's my goal. Success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? I think there is so many levels of success. And I think, um, have you ever heard of that? Like that there's, you have all, you have these glass balls in life that are your, your friends, your family, you know, your health. And, um, like, so those are your main goals. And if one of those balls breaks, you, you are unhappy. Your job could fail and you can still be happy, but yeah. your, your relationships, your health, your friendships, those are the basis of life. And you can always make more money. You can mm -hmm. always yeah. get a different job. But when you hurt those around you because you're trying to work to make mm. more money and you ignore all of those special things in your life, yeah. you can't get those things back once they're really ruined. I try to focus on my husband, my kids, our health, 
And then success can come. And then, of course, my writing, it's my passion. I'm passionate about it. I write every day. And um, and then I do my accounting work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> you know, which is fine, too. But it's, you know, yeah. it's like if I have, you know, it's like, so we're just, we're just doing the best we can, but not dropping those majorly important balls of our family our friends and um, being compassionate and kind to others. Those are things you can't, you can't compromise. And then you're successful. Yeah. (laughs) If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Not right now. You know, I would write more. I would really um, spend more time on my writing. I get up at 4.50, I do yoga and meditation, and then I write. And then I'm off to the races with the kids and the and my other job. But I would definitely write more and make sure it got out there um, faster. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But the reality of college bills and... <laughs> children um but that's what I would focus on interesting to hear because I connect writing to the soul's desire or the heart speaking and also healing so that's interesting that you say that yeah it's uh we've had some friends pass away recently and you know I was like I've got to get this this out. I have to do it now. Mm-hmm. And, and I've really done it. Like I got the first, the, uh, I started a fictional book at the same time as this journal yeah. and I have it, it's being edited right now and ready, you know, it's yeah. ready to send out to agents, but it's, that's my ultimate mission. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you would say, you know, that's the goal. That's the main goal of what I need to get accomplished before I leave this body. So my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Well, I know for sure that the most important thing is your relationships, your connections with your husband, your children, and friendships. There's nothing more special than those when they're in a good place. So taking care of those relationships are so important that the second one is that you need to have a good relationship with your inner self and really connect with that part of you that can be ignored so that you can really be who you want to be and who you you need to be. But if you're not connected to yourself, you'll never get a good connection with others. So a true sound connection with yourself, a true sound connection with others. And thirdly, I think that when others feel better about themselves, including ourselves, when we feel better about ourselves, our world becomes a better place because you're kinder to others and that spreads throughout our world. Thank you for the way you express that wisdom, oh, your beautiful, authentic presence, your work, um, and everything else in between, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for your work. It's amazing. 
Oh, I love doing this. <laughs> Having uh, this conversation. Yeah. The soul, I right? Tell. Yeah. yeah. I can tell. That's interesting. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Thank you. Um, well, my uh, you can look up my website as christineboucher.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Christine Boucher author dot or Christine at Christine Boucher author and you know reach out to me I'm on Facebook too I have a Christine Boucher author web or Facebook page but I love to hear what's happening you know what I mean I love when people reach out and I'm happy to communicate and my future works we'll see where they land Mm -hmm. we're you know right now they're being edited and I'm hoping for an agent and a publisher um, that can support me Dover's great but they don't do new fiction Um, so it's a it's a new process for this these next books but every day I'm working towards my goals. Yeah. And this is what it's all about too. Yeah. The, the feelings and the goals, right. And the journey. Yeah. And the journey, right. Not the, that's right. I know. Yeah. I love this idea of setting goals one by one, but enjoying the every step and not focusing too much. Although it's, Oh, it's a challenge too, right? Not to focus yeah. on the destination, <laughs> getting somewhere. Yeah. Every day when I wake up to write, I'm like, you only have, like, sometimes <laughs> I'm tired and I don't feel like doing it. And I'm just like, just do 15 <laughs> minutes. And then I find myself an hour later. Do you know what I yes, mean? So, right. <laughs> you know, you get, you know, so I just, every little step, yeah. every day moving forward. Thank you so much again, Christine. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Christine Boucher and her work, please visit christineboucher.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.